Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. One of those dreary weekends, right, with the rain, kind of cold, but listen, there's joy in the house of the Lord, right? We can come in here, it's nice and warm, I hope everybody's warm, I'm warm right now, um, but uh, there's joy in the house of God, and I love that song, and it's kind of, for some of us sometimes, including me, it can be kind of a convicting song, because I don't know about you, it seems like the enemy on Sunday mornings really wants to tick me off, Right? Anybody else like that? Like Sunday mornings are the mornings when everything seems to kind of go wrong, right? We know, Shy, right? Listen, I, I feel that. I'm right there with you. And sometimes I have to kind of rewind a little bit, take a step back and say, man, there's some spiritual warfare going on right now. The, the Lord, listen, the Spirit of God wants to speak to me today. He wants to speak to you today. But there's also some on the other side of that. The enemy does not want me to get nothing. He wants me to come up here with a bad attitude and sing about the joy of the Lord, but inside not really have any joy. And he wants you to sit in the pew or stand in the pew and, and just kind of try to get through service. Man, I hope we don't just get through service, but we really interact and experience God in a real way when we come to church. God's at work here. He's doing a great thing here in this place. And I'm glad that I get to be a part of it. I have the privilege to be a part of it. And I'm glad that you get to be a part of it as well. So we're, we are in our next level series. This is our theme uh, for 2023. Again, we just finished the Gospel of John series a few weeks ago and kind of tied it right into um, our yearly theme. And it's kind of the start of a new sermon series about next level living. We talked about um, next level living two weeks ago, what that means. And we're going to talk about it. last week. We talked about next level vision. Um, next level living, it's up there. Doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. Next level living starts with not staying where we're at. It's very easy to kind of uh, allow ourselves as Christians um, to just kind of maintain. Just, hey, I'm going to church every week. I know most of the worship songs. I'm not really a constant jerk to the people around me. So I'm doing pretty good. Like, I'm doing all right. Listen, we should not be okay with that. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 29, we're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. God is constantly at work in our lives trying to help us grow to be more like Jesus, to be a better person, a more loving person, a more patient person, not by our own strength and abilities, but by the grace of God flowing through us. Next level living uh, is doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. It takes sacrifice. It's about following Jesus Christ. We said it last week and the week before. When you follow something, when you're following behind something, you're being led to a destination. Okay, we're, we should, our goal should be as Christians, as people, I want to be like Jesus. I want to love people like Jesus. I want to show patience to my family like Jesus would. I want to be more and more like him. And this series is all about taking our spiritual lives, which in turn will take the rest of all of our lives, um, forward, taking it to the next level through Jesus. Isaiah 43, 19 is our theme verse. And it's, it's, uh, it says, God says, I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something new, new. Do you see it? Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God wants to do something new in you. 
This year, 2023, listen, 2020 you was a banner year for the Savini family. It, we went through all kinds of craziness. 2023, guess what? It's a new year. It's a new day today. It's a new, another Sunday. I want to see what God has for me. And I hope that's your desire. What does God want to do new in your life today? What is that something new that he has already begun working on in your life? Maybe you're not seeing it. Hey, God says, do you not see it? I'm doing something new in you. And he says that to you this morning. I'm doing something in your life. I'm working in your life. Do you see it? God is always, church, remember this. God is always at work in our lives, throughout our lives. Every trial we face, every circumstance we experience, every blessing we receive, every boring, mundane day that we live through, God is with us. He is pouring his grace uh, onto us, trying to teach us something, trying to help us grow into the people he created us to be. He is always working in our lives. Even in those boring days that feel like nothing really happened, God is still doing something in you, preparing you for something, working in you. So what is that something new uh, today? We're going to pray, and we're going to find out what that something new is today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for the worship this morning, Lord, and uh, all those who sang out, God. Lord, please bless this message today. Use it for your glory. And uh, Lord, just, just do a work in our, in our hearts this morning. Give me power. Uh, as I preach, Lord, give me the words to say, help those sitting in the chairs to, to listen, to be able to be focused, keep us safe from distraction, and we thank you for all you do for us. You're good and you're faithful. I speak the name of Jesus over this room today and over these people. Work in lives in a real, authentic way where they know that it's you speaking to their hearts. In your precious name we pray and ask for all these things. Amen. Amen. In just a minute, in just a minute, we're going to show a video. Uh, I want to prepare it first. Um, we uh, live in Brewster now, and God's really blessed us with a great home. That's a miracle story in and of itself. But every day for the last month, I have driven um, down Stony Brook, Stony Brook Road um, into Brewster, and there's that grist mill there uh, that's been there forever. We walked, I think we walked it one fall with the kids, took some pictures there. And, um, but lately, over the last three weeks, every time I drive by, especially during spring vacation, that place was crowded, like just cars all through that one small little parking lot. There's just kind of right on the side of the road. There's probably 15, 20 parking spaces. And it has been mobbed. And I've driven by every morning and every afternoon, and I'm thinking, what is the big deal? <laughs> like, like, I love the Cape, too, and I love the quaintness of it. I like how, but I'm like, it's just like some little streams. And I'm thinking, why, why is everybody so obsessed with this little grist mill? There's really not much to see. I've been there. I'm like, what is... Why, what are people so enthralled with at this place? And then, I can't remember who told me, but someone's like, yeah, that's, that's where the herring run is. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, what, what is that? And they said, yeah, that's, like, there's apparently a bunch of fish in there. And I'm like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll check it out. So, Dan, you can play that video now. I don't think, I hope it's not too loud. Um, maybe one more tap and it should play. We'll see. If not, you see a beautiful picture of the stream there. Um, let me try over here, Danny. See if it'll play if I do this. I don't think so. Oh, great. It's all right. If it loads, it loads. If not, this is where I was standing, though. And uh, did it freeze up on you, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. Our, our technology has been really acting funny lately. So I took the boys here yesterday. And if this starts playing in the middle, that's fine. We'll let it play through. I took the boys here yesterday. And we started walking down. And uh, uh, I'm with my boys. And I suddenly noticed that, like, there are like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands 
of these fish swimming around. Here we go. Swimming around, and you can see them, and there's Charlie. And they're actually swimming upstream, and they're jumping up these little steps, they call them. And if you look long enough, don't look at me, look at the screen for now. What happens is these fish, all these herring, these ale fish, were born in these freshwater streams on the Cape. And they go out to the Atlantic Ocean, and when they're ready to, to breed and spawn again, they will literally come back to the original place where they were born. It's pretty insane, pretty wild, that they'll come back to the same bodies of water that they were born to, to spawn. So you go there and you see these fish coming back and then com completely facing so many obstacles. Think about it. It's coming from the ocean all the way back here. They're facing so many different things going against them, whether it's a bigger fish or something. The seagulls were not as bad today, but there's pictures of seagulls just grabbing them out of the water and swallowing them whole. They're facing so much, these, these alefish, these herrings, but they're not giving up. It was so interesting to stand there and watch them like swim, 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 and then try to jump up. And every time they'll get up one level, they'll take a break, kind of catch, catch a breather there, and then they'll try again and jump up to the next. And there's like six, seven, eight of them. It's, it's wild. Once they get to this freshwater where they were born, they're always pushing forward. They're always moving. And listen, even as a fish, that takes commitment. It takes commitment. They got a laser focus. I'm going to get to the next one. I'm going to avoid these stupid seagulls trying to kill me. I'm going to get where I need to go. They got one goal. Nothing is going to stop me. I just thought, saw those fish, and I'm kind of inspired by these little herring. You know, I'm like, look at these guys. They're not giving up. They're focused. They got one goal. Nothing's going to stop me. And church, oh, that we would have that same level of commitment to the things of God. And that's what we're talking about today. I believe God has something new for all of us today. It's next level commitment. That we would have that same passion, that same drive that those little fish have. Say, I'm going to get back to where I was born. I'm going to come back these freshwater streams. I'm going to get back to where it all started. No matter what it takes, I'll face it all. I'm going to get there, though. That we would have the same level of commitment as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as children of God. But instead, church... Hear me. Instead, we are moved by every other pressing matter. We are shaped by our schedules instead of the Savior. We are swayed by personal desires instead of being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, we have, we have rigid schedules. And by the way, this is not me to you. This is all of us together. I'm with you on this. We have rigid schedules that we won't allow to be broken when it comes to every other area of life. Work or school or sports or hobbies. Man, nothing can... Listen, this is what I have to do. But when it comes to Jesus, his plans for your life, his house, the church, plans can be altered at the drop of a hat. Next level commitment. The sad truth is simply this. All of us, including the pastor, many of us just lack real, genuine commitment. Next level commitment, sacrificial commitment, plan changing commitment, life altering commitment, the kind of commitment that the enemy notices, the kind of commitment that the world recognizes. There's something different about that guy, that girl. Man, they really, really are committed to, to God, to their church. The kind of commitment that shows your faith, your love for God, your loyalty to Him. Next level commitment. 
Church, we must, we must be a committed people. It is so easy to just get in the swing of things and to just kind of go through the motions and maintain and really lack genuine commitment that actually changes things in our lives. We are glad, Donald, I I am glad to often just give God my leftovers when it comes to my personal walk with him. I am often glad, unfortunately, and it doesn't even cross my mind twice to just give God kind of the time that I have left in a week. That's not next level commitment. The Bible is full of real, true stories of committed people. Like Noah. Noah who built the ark when it wasn't even raining. Everybody's making fun of him. And Noah built that ark. Abraham who was going to sacrifice his own son because God told him to. Ruth who, 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 who left her hometown to come back. Listen, the Bible is full of stories of committed people. And none probably more well known than Daniel. Daniel, we've been in the New Testament for a long time. Today we're going to be in the Old Testament for the first time in a long time. I'm excited about it. But Daniel, Daniel, that's why I'm like, why were you laughing? Because Daniel, yeah. We've got mercy, we've got Daniel. Yes, exactly. Daniel, and if you have your Bibles, we're not going to have all the scriptures on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, um, the book of Daniel is near the end of the Old Testament, and you can find it. There should be a little index at the beginning of your Bible, and you can find it on your phone. But Daniel was a Jewish boy whose hometown was besieged, was taken over by enemy kings. God's town, Jerusalem, and the Israelites. And Daniel was this Jewish boy who, who was taken captive. Him and three of his friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were their new Babylonian names. The Babylonian kings came and took, this, uh, took them over and took them captive. And, and they were going to serve in the king's court. Now they were given good education, they were given good food, but they were still captive away from their families. And this is Daniel. And in Daniel 1, uh, in verse number 1, you can follow along. There will be one verse I'll show in just a moment. That's fine. It's on the screen now. But, uh, but Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1 talks about uh, how uh, the king came and besieged them. And, and, and verse 2, that the Lord actually gave victory to the enemy because he was trying to teach his people a lesson because they were away from him and serving other gods. And, and verse number um, 3 it says that the king ordered his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. And the king says, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Make sure they're well-versed in every branch of learning. They're gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. And it says in verse 5, the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchen. So these, battle, these captives, these Jewish captives, young men, were given the king's food, the king's wine. Like, that's big stuff here. And uh, verse number 5 says they, they were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. And the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. They got new names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. So they were going to be serving the king's court, these Jewish young men, these captives. And the king said, listen, I want them to be learned. I want them to get a good education. And I want them to eat well. Young men got to eat well. I got four boys, and I'm telling you, they're young, but they can eat, man. They can eat. Donald, uh, my, my oldest... Last uh, Thursday, we made hamburgers, and he finished one. He goes, can I have another one? And I'm like, really? Like, he just doesn't, yeah. And he ate the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, man, 
here we go. This is, this is time to get a third job or whatever because I'm going to be feeding these kids for a long time. But young men need to eat. But this is, think about this. These Jewish young men are now, they, they went from God's chosen people in God's land to now being captives. They, they're, they're, they have been taken over. And the king said, I want you to eat my food and my drink, my wine. And, and he was trying to do a nice thing, but the Israelites had a lot of religious um, religious laws that they followed back in the Old Testament. Remember we talked about the New Testament, Jesus came and, and made a new covenant, a new law. Well, back in the Old Testament, Jesus had not come yet. So they were following all these religious um, laws and things like that, and it, it was their relationship with God, and they did so many. And one of, they had a lot of food rules that they had to follow. It'd be very easy for a young guy that's hungry, that's a captive, to say, I'll eat whatever I, whatever I can get my hands on. So after the king offered his food, in verse 8 we see Daniel said, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel said, I'm not allowed to do that. Maybe, the Bible doesn't clearly say, maybe it was the, they, they weren't allowed to eat pork and the king had pork. Maybe it was just like, we're not going to give in to the enemy and, and, and kind of fall in line. We serve one God and one king, and that's Jehovah God. We don't know the reason, but Daniel decided, in, with, with real, genuine, next-level commitment, I am not going to defile myself with the king's food. He was determined. He's like, I, I need to talk to someone. And, it, and the scriptures say that he asked permission. He went to the chief of staff and said, listen, we can't do this. We, we can't do this. I'll, I'll share some scripture with you. Um, this is in verse 9. God had given the chief of staff both um, respect and affection for Daniel. So Daniel had really gotten in good with the field, probably because he had a genuine spirit of love and, and was following God. And the, the chief of staff said, I'm afraid of my lord the king, who has ordered that you eat his food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other guys your age, I'm afraid the king's going to have me beheaded. So this chief of staff's like, You're, I, I don't know if I can let you do that. 11, 11, verse 11, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after them. And he says, Daniel said, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. And the attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. So Daniel with courage, with boldness, with determination, said, he perp the scriptures say he purposed in his heart. He was committed. He said, I'm not going to do that. I, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. And he had commitment. The thought I want to give you today, and it's just one, I was going to have three or four points and go through the book of Daniel. I'm just going to kind of extend this series on commitment for a few weeks and go through Daniel. But, but the thought we have for today that we're going to focus on and finish up with is next level commitment sets you apart. Next level commitment sets you apart. For Daniel to say, I can't do that. Everybody else was. All the other Jewish captives, and obviously the Babylonian people there, the enemy, they were all eating this. And Daniel stood out from the crowd and had the courage, had the boldness to say, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Next level commitment sets you apart. It's, it's swimming against the current. 
It's, it's swimming upstream like we saw those, those herring do on the, at the herring run in Brewster. They're going against the grain. They're going against the currents. When everyone is going one way, I'm going to go the other way. That's next level commitment. Why? Why is it that when everyone's going one way, wouldn't it just be easier to go with them? Wouldn't it just be easier to follow the crowd and take the easy road? When everyone is going one way, I'm going to have next level commitment. I'm going to follow God and go the other way. Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would any of us take the hard road, the narrow road? Because I'm called. Because I'm called to do that. Because some things are more important than following the crowd. Some things are more important than taking the easy way out. I have a job to do. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. He lives in you. He lives in me. And because of those truths, listen, I will go the other way. Uh, though none may join me, still I will follow. That's Jesus. When everyone is going one way, I'm going the other way. I won't sit. I won't bow. I won't cater to the world. I won't quit. I won't let up. I won't be denied. Listen, I will live with the next level commitment for a Savior who died for me, who's shown me miracles, who's given me a family, who's given me health, who's provided for my needs. Listen, I won't be pushed down. I won't walk away. Offer me all the money in the world. No, give me Jesus. Offer me fame and fortune. No, give me Jesus. Take the world, take the fortune, take it all, but give me Jesus. May we live with next level commitment. I'm committed to him. I'm committed to him. May, may you have that heart that says, I'm committed to him. I live for him. I serve him. I, I want him. Why? Because he can change me. My job can't change me. My education can't change me, really change me in my heart. He can fill me. He can sustain me. He can give me real purpose. He can provide for me. It is only he who satisfies. And Daniel purpose in his heart. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live with next level commitment. Next level commitment pushes us against the status quo, the norm, to swim upstream, to walk against the crowd. To follow Jesus, nothing can stop me, nothing will hinder me, nothing will deter me. May we have that heart. I am committed to Christ. I am committed to Jesus. While the world goes one way, I will gladly go the other. Why? Why, Donald? Why do I have to do that? Why is being Christian sometimes seem so difficult and challenging? Because peace is waiting on the other side. Joy, real joy, is waiting on the other side. Purpose is waiting on the other side. Life is waiting. He is waiting. We see it in Daniel. Daniel, yes, purpose in his heart. said, listen, feed us vegetable and water for 10 days, and we'll see what happens. The scriptures are not there, but listen. Verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, guess what? Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who'd been eating the food assigned by the king. In verse 17, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret dreams, it says in the scriptures, visions. And when the training period ordered by the king was completed... 
The chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and listen to this. No one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. And whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them, those four boys, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Next level commitment, yes, sets you apart. But why? It sets you apart for greater things than you could ever imagine. Yes, it sets you apart. Yes, uh, uh, following Jesus and being committed will set you apart. You will be different from the rest of the world. You may look a little bit different than your friends and your family. You may be, you're going to be set apart but not in a negative way. The enemy will try to convince you, you're just weird, you're, that, that's going to make you look stupid. If you talk about Jesus, maybe people are going to make fun of you. People are going to laugh at you. No one's really going to care. You're going to look like just a religious nutcase. And he tries to convince you that, that man, you're going to look foolish. Being set apart is, is for the birds. Man, no one wants to be that way. But no, God is saying, yes, I'm going to set you apart. When you decide to be committed, next level committed, you're going to be set apart, but not for negativity. No, you're going to be set apart for greater things than you could ever imagine in your life. Like the nice dishes some of you have at home that you only take out like once in a while for like a special holiday meal. You don't, you don't use them every day. Like, we're paper plate people. That's what we are. We're paper. We got four boys. We're paper plate people. But once in a while, Christmas time, we got these nice Christmas dishes with the Christmas trees. I'm not, I'm not using those on a random Tuesday. Okay? I may use those once a year when we have special guests over the house and we have a nice fancy meal. I got certain articles of clothing. Maybe you have a really nice jacket. A really nice piece of clothing that you're not going to just wear working in the yard or going to the mall. But if you're going on a date or if you're going, you know, to meet someone important, you're going to wear that jacket. It's set apart. Those dishes may sit in a cupboard or a closet. That jacket may sit in a closet all year, all year round. It may never be used or utilized. But on those most special of days, guess what? They're front and center. They're remembered. They are used to their greatest potential. And you may feel alone sometimes in your commitment to Jesus Christ. Where everything, everybody else is doing their own thing. And they may seem more successful. And I mean, the scriptures say, why do the wicked prosper? Why does the world prosper in me who's given my, my life to Jesus? Why do I feel like I suffer? You may feel alone in your commitment, in your journey. Like the only one in your family or your friend group that's really living for Jesus. But you're set apart for a purpose. Where one day, church, listen, one day that commitment will shine, that next level commitment will shine like a lighthouse on a hill that guides ships safely in. That commitment that you practice and live in in a real authentic way, people will see it and God will get the glory for your story and hearts will be stirred and lives will be changed and miracles will be seen and prayers will be answered because you decided, you made the choice to live with next level commitment to Jesus Christ and his plan for your life. You have to believe that today, church. I can talk till I'm blue in the face and shout and, and try to share this with you, but you have to believe that if you decide to live with next level commitment to Jesus Christ, where nothing will stop you, nothing will deter you, nothing gets in the way of your life live for Jesus Christ, if you can believe that that sets you apart for greater things, then God will begin to work in your life in a real way. 
Believe that today, church. I don't care if you've been in church for a year or 20 years or 30 years. God is setting you apart, and all of us can be more committed. All of us can practice greater commitment. Every one of us, from the back row to the platform, next level commitment. Daniel purposed in his heart, and guess what? God set him apart for greater things. And over the next few weeks, we're going to see the greater things that God did in the life of Daniel and his friend as we continue to talk about next level commitment. I want to leave you with this next level challenge. I said every week I want to leave you with a challenge, a next level challenge. And last week was vision. This week's commitment. So write these things down if you can. Next level challenge for next level commitment. First thing is this. I challenge you to, to make some time every day this week till next Sunday to pray every day. And I say, well, I do pray. I pray over my meal every day. I'm talking real prayer. I'm talking real prayer. My, I, listen, if I had a pen and paper, I'd be writing that down too. Because you know what? I'm the pastor, and I got a busy life too. Driving kids back and forth to school, doing this, that, and the other thing, working full time. It's hard. I have to make time to pray. I have to schedule time to really pray. Yes, we should have an attitude of prayer. Or throughout the day, we're praying to the Lord. And yes, amen. We're going to talk about next level prayer in this series. But for this week, talking about commitment to Jesus Christ. Would you make time every day? Say, I'm going to, at 7 o'clock, or look at your schedule, at, at 8 o'clock, I'm going to get alone and talk to God. I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray for my life. I'm going to pray for God to reveal things in, in my life that I need to change. I'm going to pray for my mom. I'm going to pray for my dad. I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray. And take some time and really pray. Another thing I want you to do when it comes to commitment, let nothing stop you from being here next week. Barring emergencies, I'm, I understand that. I don't ever want to be the kind of guy that's like, if you miss church one time, you're a heathen. I'm not, that's not it. No, I'm sorry. But it's easy to get into patterns where church is kind of like mostly important, but sometimes we're just kind of like, oh, well, no, no, let nothing stop you from being here next week. I'll also give you this, and the last thing is this. Tell someone this week, talk about commitment. If you're really, truly committed to Jesus Christ and his kingdom, tell someone about Jesus this week. And you say, well, I've never done that before. I've never. Tell someone about church then. Invite somebody to church with you next week, for next week. They may not come, but practice that next level commitment by saying, well, I'm going to at least tell someone about you. I'm going to invite somebody to come with me to church next week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my commitment to Christ that I'm trying, by His grace, being a tool in the hand of God to help build His church, I'm going to tell someone about Jesus and what He's done for me in my life and the miracles that I've seen, and I'm going to invite someone to Coastline to sit with me next week. Next level commitment. And we're going to continue that series next week on commitment as we go through some of the chapters in the book of Daniel. Church, not easy to preach, harder to live. Next level commitment. May we practice that. God has greater things for us. He's setting you apart. He's doing something new in your life. Will you allow him or will you fight against it? Don't fight against it. Don't fight against it. The best life you can live is a life fully committed to Jesus Christ. You'll see amazing things. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. God has plans for you. God has plans for me. I've seen it with my own eyes, church. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the miracles. I've seen, the, I've seen the answered prayers. I've seen the lives change, my, my own life included. Will you let him work? Will you let him stir your own heart?
Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your home. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.